Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Let me look around, see all the hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go ahead, Sister Ella. Give that out. For it's not a business proposition, but it's cooperation with the divine expansion of the kingdom of God that I'm calling you to. And in other areas of your own life, both personally and corporately, I will provide opportunity to cooperate with that which the divine is doing so that I might increase the blessing, increase the finances, increase the favor, cause mercy and grace to come into abundance in your life. So do not draw back in the hour of visitation, but recognize the time in which you're living, that it is short that very quickly this dispensation will be folded up and another will dawn. So do the work now. Respond to that which has been placed before you. And you will see an increase, an acceleration of only that which your mind has even dared to touch. For now I'm moving in a mighty way among you to bring into manifestation all that I desire to do. So if you press in and draw not back, you'll be a partaker and not miss it. And you'll say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad for not just you, but many around you will be drawn into the kingdom. Many loved ones, friends and family will be thankful that you obeyed God and did that which was necessary to bring expansion into the midst. For yes, this is the 11th hour, but the wage is still the same. And I pay it to those that will even make a decision today to begin and cooperate. So rejoice. Now is your time. You, this is the place. You are the people. And I am the God that will do great exploits among you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, lift your hands and receive that. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, you may be seated this morning. Praise God. What a beautiful presence of the Lord in here today. My, 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 my. In your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to Ephesians. We've been studying the mercy of God. We've not got to the grace. We're going to begin looking at the grace of God for just a moment. The mercy of God we've talked about for a couple of weeks being that which God provides for us to get us out of what many times we get ourselves into or that which we're born into. You say, what do you mean born into? Well, we're born into a mess. You say, how, how can you say that? Well, we're born into the human family and the human family's a mess. Amen? I mean, you know, you've got wars. You've got rumors of wars. You've got diseases. You got all this craziness going on. What's the, what's the one everybody's freaking out about right now? The Ebola. Ebola. Well, thank God he can heal it just as easy as he can heal the common cold. Yes. Amen. And then some, something with the kids too. There's been something going on with the kids where they've had this terrible virus been attacking these children. Everybody say, not our children. Not our say, children. not our children. Not our children. 
praise God. There's a bloodline. We have a bloodline drawn around us. Amen. We say, devil, the blood of Jesus is against you. Now, see, we have knowledge of these things and knowledge of how to resist it, so we have to do that. And in order to do that, we appropriate the grace necessary. You'll understand that a little later as we go on. But now, mercy has been rescuing us. Having been rescued by the mercy of God. Thank God for the, for the rescuing ability of mercy. Now, the problem is, though, that many Christians only experience the mercy of God. They never really fully experienced the grace of God. Now, there is a portion of the grace of God we all experience. And that is his ability working on our behalf once we're born onto this planet. Because I want you to know, church, the, the, the second you're born onto this planet, the devil wants to take you out. I mean, the second, the very moment. I remember when Leah was pregnant with Breland. And we'd believe God. I mean, Breland was, uh, was our miracle child. I mean, it was absolutely, many of you have heard the testimony. She was our miracle baby. And I knew in my spirit that, that, that uh, uh, the, the devil was going to try to steal both Leah and Breland. And when Breland was born, that's exactly what the devil tried to do. He sent a technician in that really didn't know what he was doing. And basically uh, gave uh, uh, Leah enough epinephrine to, to, uh, uh, to kill an elephant. And it began to have a very negative effect on her. Very a negative effect on the baby. Well, we'd been praying in the Holy Ghost. And that doctor saw exactly what was happening. Rushed them in and took Breland just like that. And we were able to come out with a miracle. Because I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want anybody born on this planet. You say, why? Because with every human being born, there is a potential that human being might become a new creature and demonstrate the defeat of the devil. Amen. Amen. So once you're born onto this planet, grace goes to work for you. Now, how many of you can testify that, that before you were saved, that maybe you were involved in a particular lifestyle, uh, maybe there, you were in an accident, an industrial accident, a car, something happened, and you just can't explain how you lived through it. That was the grace of God working on your behalf. That was God saying, I got a future for them. I got a plan for them. I'm going to get the gospel to them. And I hope they respond because, see, God does everything by faith also. Amen. So mercy keeps us out of what we get ourselves into. But grace works on our behalf. Uh, good illustration. Mercy brought the children of Israel out. Grace brought them in. Amen. See, they rejected his grace when it came to time to go in and possess the land. So they had to live by mercy 40 years. Mercy provided manna. Amen. Uh, mercy provided water from the flinty rock. Mercy provided a cloud by day and a fire by night. But, but they all died in the wilderness. None of them got to go in and, and have their ranch or their farm or their vineyard or their kibbutz or whatever they have over there. They were not able to have all that because they only lived by the mercy of God. They never entered into what grace provided. But listen, grace is upon us. God working on our behalf. Now, think of this. If grace worked for you to keep you out of the penitentiary, out of the hospital, out of the mental institute, and out of the grave till you got saved, how much more powerful shall grace work for you that, that, that you begin to how to access it and bring it into your life? Now, let me say this before we get started. There's been a lot taught in the past five years about grace. That has really been, because mm, you can take a whole lot of truth and put a little bit of false truth with it and make it re a real mess. And no matter how you dress it up, no matter how large the ministry is, listen, it doesn't matter to me how big a ministry is. If they get off, I'm not going to follow them. No matter how flashy it may be, how much money they have, it doesn't make any difference to me. But listen, grace is not the ability to sin and get away with it. Grace is the ability to get away from that sin and never commit it in the first place. Amen. 
And there's people that have taught, well, 1 John is not for Christians, you know. You shouldn't have to confess any sin. Your sin's covered past, present, and future. I know all of that, but I guarantee you get involved with sin, there'll be a wage. You'll get a paycheck. You keep playing with sin, playing with sin, playing with sin, it'll come knock on your door and move into your house with you. Amen. What you going to do then? Then you're going to need the mercy of God. But in the meantime, grace will come and keep you from sin. Grace will help you progress down the path of righteousness. Grace will bring blessing into your life. And grace will help you appropriate the provision that belongs to you that God has ready for you right now in this place in your life. Now, did you find Ephesians? Let's look. Very, very simple scripture. For, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Ephesians 2 verse 8. I'll let you get over there. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Everybody say, through faith. It says, and not of ourselves, or not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The next verse says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's read it in the Amplified. It says, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Everybody say the gift of God. So grace was operating on your behalf till the gospel was preached. When the gospel was preached, faith came into your spirit and you reached up into the grace of God and pulled down salvation. Everybody say salvation. Now, salvation came into your life by grace. Now, we should live by the same grace that saved us. Where it was unmerited. Oh, this is so good. When it was unmerited before you were saved, now it's merited because you are saved. Oh, where'd all my amens go? Because it was unmerited, God working on your behalf, unmerited before you were saved. Now that you're, now that you're saved, now that it's merited, how much more powerful should grace be now there's grace for everything in life what is grace God's divine ability everybody say God's divine ability there's grace to be a husband there's grace to be a wife there's grace to be a father there's grace to be a there's grace to be a a, a business owner uh, there's grace uh, there's grace to be an usher there's grace to sing on the praise and worship uh, team. Uh, there's grace to work with the children. Uh, there's grace for your business. There's grace for whatever job you may have. No matter what you do, there is grace, divine ability for you, working on your behalf to help you do it. Can I get an amen? When I was in ministry many years ago, this year we're celebrating 30 years of ministry. We'll celebrate it uh, kind of formally on the 19th of October. Uh, but actually, I, be, I preached my first meeting on April the 19th, 1984. So April the 19th actually would have been my 30th uh, year of ministry. Now, for years, actually for 18 years, and for two years after that 18 years in transition, I traveled. Now, you can ask Leah. Uh, you can ask Brother Roland. He was on our staff, Rusty Martin Ministries. So, uh, some of the, uh, the others of you uh, worked as volunteers and some were on staff at, at RMM, Rusty Martin Ministries. Now, I could grab a suitcase of clothes and a suitcase of cassette tapes. That's how I traveled. And I could, be in, I, could, I could fly to Europe and I could be in the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland. I could be in England, Wales, Scotland, and Finland. 21 days. Boom. Hit it. 
and never back off. Two services a day, boom, just running. I could come back and spend a couple of days with Leah and with the staff, maybe attend a church service at the church I was going to, and maybe go to New Mexico or El Paso or up to Minnesota or over to Oklahoma and hold a Sunday through Wednesday, two services a day. Come home, catch up on my Bible school classes I was teaching. I taught full-time in a Bible school, 13 years, never missed a class. You say, why grace was upon me. I said grace was upon me. Uh, then I'd jump on an airplane. I'd fly down to Nicaragua. I'd fly over to Guadalajara. I'd fly over to the Philippines. I'd just be going, 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 going. Well, after 18 years, next thing you know, I began to notice how tired I started to get. How much I dislike hotel rooms. Things begin to aggravate. And I prayed to the Lord. I thought maybe something physically was wrong with me. The Lord spoke to me and said, Rusty, your ministry's changing. Your ministry's changing. Your ministry's changing. He says, there's a second phase of ministry dawning upon you right now. And the grace for this phase is coming to an end. And grace for a new phase is coming. Well, I'm no dummy. I'm going to hang out with grace. Because there's nothing worse than trying to do something and not have the grace to do it. Can I get a better amen? So I begin to obey God. We begin to start Island Church. And you know what happened? The grace to pastor Island Church began to come on Leah and I. So that we can begin to pastor, we can begin to lead the flock uh, that God has entrusted us with. We can begin to pursue the vision and that grace is upon us now. Now that's true for each and every one of you. There is a portion of the divine ability of God working on your behalf. There is a grace. Some of you that grace may be changing. There may be changes coming into your life. There may, be, there may be ministry ahead for you. There may be something in your business ahead for you. There may be something in your family. But there is a grace that will help you do whatever God is calling you to do. Don't forsake or don't frustrate the grace of God by getting into disobedience. Now let me just say this. And I don't want to... Uh, Lord have mercy. If you're doing anything that the grace of God is not in, get out of it. You say, how do I know the grace of God is not in something? It ain't working. I said, it ain't working. If it ain't working, quit trying to work it. Go find where the grace of God will work for you, wherever that may be, because you will kill yourself trying to do something that you do not have grace to do. And if you're a believer, God has grace for a business idea, for a job, for whatever he may have. He's got grace for you. Find the grace of God. I heard a preacher say this. This is really good. Now, he was talking to ministers when he said this. He said, now, anything in ministry you put 10 years into and you ain't got no fruit out of, get out of that right now. I think that's true of anything. A job, a business, anything that you've really, if you've put a decade into that thing and there ain't no fruit flowing out of that thing, why don't you get rid of that? You say, well, obviously the grace of God's not there. God quiet in here, didn't it? God quiet. Why quick, why, why? Why keep beating a dead mule trying to get it to plow a field you ain't got? That, that's what working without grace will do for you. That's like trying to get a dead mule, a dead mule to, to plow a field you ain't got. No, God's got grace for you. How do I find it? Well, just begin to ask him, Lord, where is your grace in my life? Help me find your grace. Is it grace for this business? Is it grace for this job? Is it grace for this? Is it grace for that? And please don't marry someone you ain't got the grace to marry. <laughs> Leah's laughing. God gave her grace, didn't she? Amen. She married up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I like to, I used to tell her, I said, man, you got a, you got a rich, blessed, Holy Ghost anointed preacher. Your problem is you got him in seed form. 
But you're getting a little fruit these days, aren't you, sweetheart? Grace. Everybody say grace. So, we must understand that grace is out there now as we're a believer. Now we must do what? Access. Everybody say access. Now go to Romans chapter 5. Let's look at that just a moment. Romans chapter 5. First word, verse 1 is what? Therefore. Well, if therefore is therefore, we've got to go see what it's there for. Amen. Now before we do, let's read two scriptures. Verse 1 and 2 of chapter 5. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, if you can't shout at that verse, you need to get saved. Thank God we have peace, we have shalom, we have completeness, we have fullness with God. He is our all in all. In him we live and move and have our being. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Everybody say this grace. Now notice the words access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Everybody say stand and rejoice. Everybody rejoice a moment. In the hope, or everybody say expectancy, of the glory of God. Now the glory of God is when you got the goods in your hand. The power of God is faith working. The power of God is mercy working. The power of God is grace working. But when the glory of God comes into manifestation. Now, let me just say this. This building that we have right now is the glory of God for our faith when? Back in 2006. The glory of, our, glory of God for our faith back in 2006 and the grace of God from 2008. Amen. From 2008 when the enemy tried to destroy it. Ooh, can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost spoke to me. Let's take a little rabbit trail. You ready for a rabbit trail? The Lord spoke to me in prayer. I was praying. The Lord said, 2008 a flood came. Flood of destruction came. I said, yeah, I, I recognize that, Lord. He said, did you notice on, on September the 12th, that was six years ago. I said, yeah. He said, now this is the seventh year, seven being the divine number of God. He says, now in your seventh year from the flood of destruction, I'm sending a flood of blessing. I thought I'd throw that out to you. Lord spoke that to me in prayer. Said, just as destructive as the flood seven years ago, the blessing flood is going to cause great increase. Well, I better not preach on that. Amen. I better get off of that. But now notice, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So I said there's specific graces. You know, you, you don't have the grace to Pastor Island Church. I do. If you don't have grace to be a missionary, don't be a missionary. If you, if you don't have grace to be an usher, don't be an usher. You understand what I'm saying? Say, well, I, I, I'm an usher. Man, I, I just can't. I just hate being around people. I just hate it. Well, don't be an usher. <laughs> God's got something else for you. Amen. Know whatever you have grace for. Amen. But now this shows us into this grace, which is a specific grace. Now go back up into Romans chapter 4 and let's study the therefore and connect it to the grace, to the specific grace. Speaking of Abraham, now let's look at verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Woo, I like that. Let me say that again. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, that's the Jewish people, but to us that, to us that also which are of the faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all. 
As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Speaking of Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. He does not call those things that are as though they're not. That's denial. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Like, we have the land. All we got to do is possess it. That's calling those things that be not as though they were. Notice past tense. Thank you, Father. We, that's why we ever, at the end of every offering, thank you, Father. Let's rejoice over the land. Say, why don't we do, why don't we go down the land, wait till we get to the land. No, no, you do it now. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You say, why do you do that? You'll see in just a minute. Now notice this. Who against hope believed in hope when human hope failed him. You say, what is human hope? I used to have a great illustration of human hope. I hope this changed. But, but we used to, how many remember the love you blue days? Houston Oilers, Earl Campbell, all those guys. And you know, every year we hoped the Oilers would win the Super Bowl. We hoped the Oilers would win the Super Bowl. We hoped the Oilers would win the Super Bowl. Amen. Now I think that spirit has gone up to Dallas. Oh, <laughs> well, let's don't split the church when we're just getting going. Amen. But you notice when we used to say, I hope the Oilers, there was always a little, just a little uh, something of doubt that kind of creeped into that. Well, see, that's human hope. It always has the element of doubt connected to it. So Abraham, he had human hope and then human hope died. Well, what are you going to do now? Who, who against hope believed in hope. Human hope failed him. He grabbed hold of divine hope. Elpis. Everybody say Elpis. No, not Elvis. Elpis. There you go. Elpis. Expectancy associated with pleasure. That he might what? Become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So, that sh so shall thy seed be. Now, God did something for Abram. He changed his name from chief father, chief shepherd, to father of many, father of many nations. He wrote the promise in the sky. So shall thy seed be as innumerable as the stars. Wow. He wrote it in the sand. So shall thy seed be as innumerable as the sands of the sea. Wow. Then he changed his name from chief shepherd, chief father, to father of many nations. See, God's working with him visually, just like he works with us visually. Gives us the word. Then it says this. And being not weak in faith, here you go, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So this event in Abram, who became Abraham's life, took 25 years. If you allow time, time will mock you. Time will discourage you. Time will frustrate you. Because faith is a process in which we must go through. And time is an elephant. Uh, an elephant. You're right. Time is an element that is not your friend. Time will say you're not healed. It's been six weeks. Time will say the money's not coming in. You gave that offering a year ago. Time will say it's not working. Time will mock you. Time will torment you. You've got to have something to disquiet the element of time so that you look at time and shake your fist and say, calendar, clock, and watch. I don't care what you say. I will have what God says I have. Amen. So here's Abram. He starts out. 
25 years. Now, he's not perfect. He needed some mercy. He made a mistake called Ishmael. Woo! You say, what's all this problem in the, in the Middle East? Ishmael? What's all this Al-Qaeda and Taliban and ISIS? Ishmael? It's the problem mocking the promise. It's exactly what it is. So he, had a, he made a mistake. Mercy covered it. But now notice the Bible says he was what? He was not weak in faith. So there were some considerations he had to ignore. Number one, his own physical flesh. These were old people. They were old. I said they were old. They were past the age in which you could physically bear children. It says here that Sarah's womb had died. So they did what? They didn't consider it. You say, well, what do I do if everything says no? You don't consider it. You have to learn to consider not that which is now dead. Amen. Let me try that again. You have to learn to consider not that which is now dead. Which, what needs to die in people's lives is their own ability to try and bring to pass that which God says belongs to them. You need to let it die. You can't answer your own prayer. If you're believing God for something divine in your life, let God be God. You be the receiver. Let your own way, let your own will, let your own ambition, let it all die and let God be Lord. Mm -mm -mm. See, a lot of people trying to produce their own promise. You'll get you an Ishmael, honey. You'll get you an Ishmael that you'll weep the day you ever produce it because it will mock your promise all the days of your life. Mm, boy, I don't, I don't want to get off on that one. No, we're going to stay away from that. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now notice this. But was strong in faith. Everybody say strong in faith. Now notice, here's the key. Giving glory to God. That means he was a praiser. He was a worshiper. He was jumping around praising God. He was getting the crib ready. He was getting the, say, man, you made that crib 25 years ago. That, you, you could have made 25 cribs by now. You're still rejoicing over, you're still rejoicing over those babies. I'm still rejoicing. I keep looking at the stars. They keep telling me. I keep looking at the sand. They keep telling me. Now I've changed my name. See, that happened later in life that his name got changed. Could you imagine being there coming uh, after he came out of that meeting with God in which God said, now your name is now Father of Many Nations. And, you know, you walk up to him, you say, oh, uh, Mr. Abram, we've got some sheep over here in this 400 acres. We need to. And he says, never call me Abram again. My name is not Abram. My name is Abraham. Amen. And you kind of go. I'll call you whatever you want. You sign the checks, you know. But, you know, then in private, everybody's saying, yeah, the old man, he, he calling himself father of many nations now. He's only the father. He's the father of that brat over there. That's the only thing he's the father of. Come on, church. That's exactly how the world will mock you. But no, he said, listen, I'm not Abram anymore. I'm Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. I'm strong in faith. I'm giving glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Are you with me? Now stay with me. Stay with me. He says, in being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. That's he being God. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was also able to perform. Now, here's the key, church. Fully persuaded. Everybody say, fully persuaded. You are in that process. Every one of you, every time you come to church, every time you pick up your Bible, every time you bow your knee in prayer and communicate with your Heavenly Father, that process continues. It continues and continues and continues and continues till full persuasion takes place. And when full persuasion takes place, God performs. Amen. But the devil wants you out of that, out of the persuasion process. So he tries to frustrate you. 
He attacks your mind. He comes against your body. He attacks your family. He attacks your finances. He gets you in your mind and says, look and see, it's not working. That faith thing doesn't work. That, that giving, that tithe, that guy up there talking about 10% of your money. That's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. Why well, don't you know he's just trying to get your money? Come on, church. See, I don't need your money. I've never needed anybody's money. You say, why not? Because I operate by my own faith. Walk in my own grace. Are you with me? So you've got to protect that persuasion process because you're in the process of being fully persuaded so that God can perform. That takes time. Everybody say time. Say it again. So in the time period, you've got to make a decision to access grace so that you can walk through what you need to walk through to get the promise of God to manifest in your life. The reason so many people get frustrated in their faith is they're trying to act in faith without grace. You say, how does that work? It doesn't. Let me give you an illustration. Go home today, drain all the oil out of your car and take off for El Paso down I-10. See how far you get before you start getting frustrated. That's what, it's like. That's what it's like trying to operate in faith without grace. But Abraham went 25 years. How was he able to go 25 years? Grace said, come on. Grace said, come on. i got a journey for you. Grace said, come on. You've got to be fully persuaded of this. Grace said, come on. You're going to interact with God. You're going to go from communication to fellowship to relationship to covenant with Almighty God. And you're going to be the reason Jesus is going to get to come to the earth. You're going to get to, get to have divine cooperation in your life. They'll remember you from, for ages to come, for eons to come. You'll be the father of faith for the Jews and the Gentiles and everybody that'll believe God. Come on, Grace said, come on. It's going to take a while. Quit looking at the clock. Quit looking at the calendar. Quit looking at all that. Quit looking. Keep your eyes on the stars. Keep your eyes on the sand. Keep your eyes on me and we'll get fully persuaded and God will prom. And God will cause the, 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 the performance to take place. Oh, come on, church. That's exactly, what, that's exactly what God is showing us here. Now, notice this. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. God is able to perform. What do you need? Health, healing. You need a breakthrough in your business, at your job. What do you believe in God for? Money for education? Your family to get put back together? What is it? Grace is there. Faith appropriates it. Now notice, notice. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. What grace? The grace you need to go through what you're going through. Amen. You can always tell when people are going through something with no oil. They start smoking. Amen. What's your car do without oil? It starts smoking. It starts messing up. It starts, you can always tell, oh, but I'm believing God. Emotions. Listen, emotions won't get you anything. Right. Emotions, listen, emotions will put you in a ditch and you'll cry enough, di- cry enough tears to turn the ditch into a mud hole. 
No amens on that one. It's true anyway. Emotions will get you nothing from God. If emotions could get you something, then we would laugh and cry and do whatever it took. But emotions, only faith accesses grace. Therefore, I say therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. What kind of grace? The grace to go through it wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's your key. What are we going to have to do? We're going to have to stand and rejoice in the hope of the expectancy of God doing what he said he'd do. He said, well, what does God say he's going to do? He said, he's going to give us land. He said, he's going to give us build. And I've been in too many outside of what I've said. We go, to, we, go to, we go to conferences, we go to places, we stand up, pastor, God wants to give you land, God wants to give you, I mean, God's, God's, God desires to do it. How do we go? Grace. Now, I just made this statement last week. I said, for three years and eight months, we've been in a preparation period. You know why we were able to go through that? Grace. Because you know how many times the enemy comes to my mind and says, well, Matt, you know, you, you've, been, you've been a good uh, uh, person down there at, at Moody Bank and, and you're blessed and, and you paid that loan off real quick, paid it off before time and, and they think you're a man of good reputation and, and you're running well over a million dollars to the bank every year and, and God wants to bless and, and so you just go down and you just meet with that banker and, and you work all those things out and, you know, you can afford to pay, you know, $25,000, $30,000 a month on a note. Just go ahead and borrow that five million, get that thing done, get it over and get it done, go and have church. See, that's not what grace... See, grace will always carry you on the path of righteousness. That's not what grace says do. Grace says, now get ready. Get ready. Begin to teach the people. Begin to preach. Begin to put vision on the inside of them. And then the time will come where you will go from preparing to do this to doing this. We just crossed that threshold last week. That's why we have that board up there. That's why we're doing what we're saying we're doing. You say, why? Now we have where we had grace to prepare. Now we have grace to do it. Jesus said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Well, you think you're really going to do it? Nope. Don't think it at all. Know it. Well, what if God... I don't even live by ifs. If is a badge of doubt. That's all it is. But see, you'll notice how the grace of God will begin to manifest. The grace of God will begin to work. The grace of God will begin to manifest. The grace of God will begin to work. The grace of God will help us do what? Walk through it till we possess the land. Walk to it till we enter into the building. Then the grace of God will come on to us to use it, to fill that thing up, and then to go on to the next thing that God has for us. We go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. But how do we access that faith? Every time we take an offering, raise your hands and thank God for that land and building. What are we doing? We're standing and rejoicing in the expectancy of of the glory of God. That works for us corporally, but it also works for you as an individual. Because what the enemy will try to do to you is he'll try to get you to shout and praise God and thank God and lift your hands. But see, it's when you get home in your prayer closet, when that which you're believing God for seems 5,000 miles away from you, and you say, I don't care what you say, Mr. Devil. It belongs to me in Jesus' name, my healing, my family, my blessing, whatever it is. And you begin in your prayer closet to jump up and down and rejoice and praise God and stand in the midst of what you're going through. That does what? That causes grace to walk in and say, here I am. Divine ability. Divine ability. I will step in and take this which is in the natural and I'll make it supernatural. So that everybody that observes it, everybody that participates in it, everybody that's a part of it will know it's not them. It's God that's done it. Now, let me, I got one minute. Is that all right? I notice this. 
This is where we'll pick it up next week. Verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Boy, there we are in all my... See, there, there, there's our problem right there. But not, he's telling us here, you got to have to, you're going to, everybody's going to go through something. You're born onto the planet. You got an evil devil. You've got a wicked world system. You got your mind. You got your flesh. You've got all these enemies. But God is for you. If God can be for you, who can be against you? God is for you. God is for you. Amen. Okay, so you make a decision. You know, there's this power. There's this ability. There's these things. It's beyond my ability. It's God's ability. Somehow I need to get a hold of that. I need that in my life. I've got to have it in my marriage. I've got to have it at my job. I need it in my business. I need it in my health. I need it in my finances. I need it in my mind. I've got to have it. So what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit down and wait till somebody comes up, lays hands on me, then I'll get it? No, that's not going to happen. That'll never happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from the Word of God. How to what? Access this divine ability. God working on my behalf. Because I need it. Because I want to be fully persuaded. So that God can perform in my life. I want healing performances. I want financial performances. I want marriage performances. I want performances of God in my life. So that I can point to them and say God did that in Jesus name. Are you with me? And so God says well you're going to have a life of trouble. Everybody say trouble. Trials, everybody say trials, and tribulation. That's what I said. Yeah, he said, you're going to have a life of trouble, trials, and tribulation. Have you ever had, anybody ever had trouble? Anybody ever, ever have a trial? Anybody ever having tribulation? You say, what is a tribulation? That's three times worse than trouble. T-R-I. <laughs> so I've just proved that. I just proved that, didn't I? You're going to have trouble, trials, tribulation. So, what are you going to do in the midst of your trial, trouble, your tribulation? Say, well, you know, I'm a real honest person. And, you know, I, I, you know I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to deny my feelings. They're right to show everybody what I'm going through. Well, if you're going to walk by faith and access grace, you're going to have to deny your feelings. They're right to show everybody what you're going through. And you're going to have to do what? Count it all joy. Oh, I'm glad you got that today. You're going to have to count it all joy. You're going to have to glory in tribulation. Now, see, we don't understand that concept. The glory of God is what? That which is in him, inherent in him is God, in him as being divine that comes out and manifests. Right now, at the throne of God, the glory of God is in manifestation. Angels, 24 elders are bowing down. All kinds of winged animals and all kinds of winged creatures are worshiping and glorifying. And there's a beautiful mist and the glory of God and a rainbow over the throne. And God is exalted. And Jesus is seated at the right hand. And the blood is on the mercy seat. And it's God's glory and, and Jesus is the light of the city and all the glory of God and glory of heaven is in manifestation. So the glory of God is that which comes from in outward. So God has put into every man and every woman what? Glory. There is glory in you. It's not God's glory, it's your glory. Glory is that which is in you that many times never gets revealed. Never gets shown to anybody. Unless something brings it out. You say, what do you mean? You see these people that win the, the 
Publishers sweepstakes, publishers clearinghouse sweepstakes. They come knock on their door. You're Joe Smith. Yeah, I'm Joe Smith. Here's you a check for five and a half million dollars, and then we're going to give you two thousand dollars every minute for the rest of your life. <laughs> and what's the first thing everybody says? You ever notice the first thing everybody says? No. <laughs> Isn't it? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. I ain't come to my door yet. But now they're usually in a bathrobe with fuzzy slippers or something like that. And they immediately begin to give expression to the information given them. Right. You know, they're standing there with the balloons and the big thing and everybody's smiling. And they come to the door kind of like this. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, 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 ah. And somebody runs, what's wrong, what's wrong? Ah, ah. And they tell them and they start going, ah, 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 ah. And then they tell somebody else to go, ah. They got the whole family going, ah, 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 ah. Isn't that right? They ain't spent a penny. They ain't bought no car. They just got the information. And they responded. See, all they did was get the information. There's just a guy standing there with, with, with with a sign and balloons. Maybe I ought to start getting me some balloons. Maybe that'll help. You say, why? Because when I start saying, you know, by his stripes, you're healed. If you're sick, you ought to start going, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. 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 Amen. I mean, if you're broke, I get up and start talking about tithing and God will rebuke the devourer and the windows of heaven. You ought to start going, ah, 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 ah. So when it comes to church, God is, de- the devil has done what? Everything he can do to get man's glory out of the church. Because he knows if I can get man's glory out of the church, I can get God's glory out of the church. Because if man ever releases their glory, God releases his glory. And so men are the worst. Because we're going to work on the men around here. They need some work. Because they'll come to church, you know, and sit there like a stone Indian. But then, you know, if Dallas wins or if Houston wins or the Longhorns win or their, or their, or their boys' football team wins or they catch a big speckled trout or shoot a big deer or something, you know, it's ah, 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 ah. Isn't that right? And they wonder, oh, my faith's not working. I've got problems with my finances. I'm telling you, I'm having all kinds of trouble. I don't know what to do. Here's what you need to do. When the information comes, you need to go, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Amen? You need to learn to what? To glory in tribulation. Why? Because you know the answer. Because when you glory in tribulation, then you're reaching up and you're taking these big chunks of grace from God. God's ability. All this grace begins to work on your behalf. And you're able to go three, eight, three years and eight months and not go to the bank. Come on, church. You begin to appropriate what you need to get you through what you're going through by what? Glorying in the tribulation. That's why the whole denomination, don't praise God, don't worship God, don't shout, don't run the aisles, don't do none of that. Why? They're trying to shut down the glory of man because when God sees man giving his glory to God, God gives his glory to man. That's why it says glory in tribulation. That means the person in here that's going through the worst problem ought to be the one going, the loudest but see why, why don't we why do, well, if I fail
feel like it, I do it. You never will feel like it. Because it doesn't come from your feelings. Your glory doesn't come from your feelings. Your glory comes from your heart. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your grace, abundant grace. Abundant grace beyond our imagination. Beyond, Lord, all of that which we can even imagine. Your grace is available for us today. We thank you for it. We rejoice because of it. And we bless your name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Play softly just a moment if you will. If you're in here today, you're not living right, you're not doing right. We thank God for his mercy. But you can be so much better off. Access the grace of God today. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Do that today. Maybe you have, but you're not living right and doing right. Get back to God. Restore that fellowship. God never broke the relationship. Mercy doesn't break that relationship. But grace will restore it for you today. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God today. Please pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, good. We trust everyone's right with God. Amen. What does that mean? Somebody, bring somebody to church with you that needs Jesus. Amen. That's what we do. We take what we have, such as we have, we give to the world. Invite somebody to church so they can get saved. Amen. You learned something today? Oh, thank God for mercy. But boy, once you get a, once you get a glimpse of grace, I guarantee you, you'll make sure to live in the grace of God and not just depend on the mercy of God. Thank God it's there when, we're there when we need it. Amen. Don't forget tonight at 6 is prayer. Uh, tonight at 7 is our, our Holy Ghost service. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 we are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.